from the KMNN studios, this is the Kids Morning News Network. It's Tuesday, December 12th, 2023, the 346th day of the year. Just a little over two weeks left in 2023. Incredible. All right, let's start with some stories in the news this morning. Have you heard of the game Fortnite? Have you heard of Google? Have you heard of smartphones? Probably yes, yes, and yes. Well, a lot of people play Fortnite on their phone. And everyone who plays on an Android phone had to buy the game at the Google App Store. Now, the makers of Fortnite said that wasn't fair, that people should be able to buy the game wherever they want. And yesterday, a judge agreed with them. The judge said Google had what's called a monopoly. They made it so no one else could sell Fortnite to Android users. Some of the people think that this same kind of argument will be made against Apple, too, buying games from the App Store. So this story probably isn't over yet. And in England, scientists announced that they have found and recovered the skull of a pliosaur. That was a giant prehistoric sea creature that lived in the time of the dinosaurs. They look kind of like dragons. They can reach 50 feet long with a bite so strong it can go through a car. So this skull that they just found is more than six feet long and it's one of the best preserved pliosaur skulls ever found. It was discovered last year when someone saw its snout sticking out of the side of a cliff, 30 feet in the air. So scientists had to map the cliff with drones and then go over the side on ropes, I guess, and spend weeks digging this thing out very carefully. The good news is now they can study it to learn more about the pliosaur. And as far as they know, it's still safe to go swimming. So like I said, it's December 12th. This was the day way back in 1787 that Pennsylvania became just the second state to ratify the U.S. Constitution. All right, so what does that mean? You've probably heard of the Constitution, right? It's a big deal here in the United States. It's the foundation for all of our laws. The whole way our country works, from the mayor of your town up to the president and the Congress and the Supreme Court, it all rests on what was written in the Constitution. The Constitution came after the Revolutionary War. That went from 1775 to 1783. That's when our country said, we don't want to be ruled by anybody. We want to be our own nation. And unfortunately, had to fight a war against England to make that happen. And then after the war, suddenly these 13 states, right, there used to be colonies, now there were states, they'd been ruled by England their whole lives, suddenly they had to figure out how to do it themselves. And not only that, since there were 13 of them in different parts of the country, each of them was really different from the others. They all had different needs and different desires. They came together to fight the British, but once that was over, they were almost separate countries. It's like... Imagine this, if 13 classrooms in your school all decided they're going to break away and be their own school, then your principal says, you're right, you guys should be on your own. And then now these 13 classrooms can do whatever they want. And the classroom on the second floor says, 
Our biggest problem is that we need better stairs. No one can get to class. Everyone needs to chip in so we can buy stairs. And then the classroom on the first floor is like, stairs? We're right next to the playground. What we need is a door that goes straight outside. Everybody needs to chip in and help us build that door. And then a third classroom is like, hey, we didn't go through all this just to do what you guys want. We're doing our own thing. That'd be kind of a mess, right? That's kind of how it was. There was a United States government that was formed to fight the British, but it didn't have much power. The states were pretty much ignoring it and squabbling among themselves. Other countries didn't take us seriously. And for a while, it looked like part of New York might split off and join Canada. So the people who wanted the United States to succeed as its own country knew something had to change. So in May of 1787, they called a big meeting, a convention in Philadelphia, to try to work out the kinks in this new nation. There were 13 states, not all of them even showed up. 12 states sent representatives, or they were called delegates. And the delegates worked in secret, so they wouldn't have to explain themselves to the people back home. And these delegates all talked about everything. They argued. They made deals. Sometimes a delegate would go back home and a new delegate would take their place. And then their deals were out the window. They had to make start from scratch and make new deals. It went on for months. But along the way, something amazing happened. Instead of just working out the kinks of the system they already had, they invented this whole new kind of government. And finally, in September, they had boiled their ideas down into this one document, the Constitution, with seven articles listing how they wanted the country to run. Not everybody liked it. In fact, it's probably fair to say that none of the delegates liked the whole thing. But they knew this was their best chance, and they all agreed to compromise. And then the next part was the delegates had to sell this to the people back in their states. Just because the delegates agreed to compromise didn't mean the people in the states wanted to. People back in the States were like, wait a minute, you worked all this out in secret, you made deals, you made compromises, what's going on? The delegates had agreed it would take nine states signing on to make the Constitution law. And at first, it was a big question mark about whether they'd get there. It took until now, December, from September to December, for two states to sign on, right? Pennsylvania was the second one that happened today. And then later in December, a third state, New Jersey, signed on. But it wasn't until the following June, six more months, that they had their nine states. And finally, the Constitution became the law of the land, and it remains so today. So all the talking and arguing and compromising, maybe especially compromising, helped create something pretty great. Okay, it's riddle time. I'm doing a riddle a day. I'm trying to make them harder as each day goes along. Yesterday's riddle was, the more of this there is, the less you see. The more of this there is, the less you see. Did you figure out the answer? Darkness. The more darkness there is, the less you see. Makes sense, right? Like any good riddle. Okay, so for tomorrow... I'm not going to give you the answer today, but for tomorrow, what can you put in a bucket to make it weigh less? What can you put in a bucket to make it weigh less? Answer tomorrow. For now, it's a mystery. Huh?
which leads me to a story about a mystery in outer space. An astronaut named Frank Rubio came back from the International Space Station, or ISS, this past September. By the time he came back, he'd set a record for the longest time any American has spent in space. 371 days in a row. Now, a year is only 365 days, so you can do the math. He was in space for over a year. He orbited the Earth about 5,936 times. He traveled more than 150 million miles. That is a heck of a trip. Holidays, birthdays, you name it. Just think about all the things you do in a year. He did them all while he was up there in the ISS. And, you know, the ISS isn't tiny. It's about 10 school buses long, but but that's it. 10 school buses. And he was in it for over a year. And on top of that, he's got a family. He's got a wife. He's got kids. And they didn't see each other that whole time. Except, I guess, on video chats. Imagine spending a year in a school bus, or even 10 of them, right? The funny thing is, that wasn't the plan. Frank Rubio was only supposed to spend six months in space. That's long enough. But then the capsule that was going to take him home sprang a leak. Uh, And I don't know about you, uh, but I know about Frank, and I'm with him. I don't want to travel in any leaky space capsules. So, he was supposed to come back to Earth last December, and instead... He had to wait for a new capsule to be sent up to bring him back. And, you know, with rockets, it's not like you grab the car keys and head out. So it took until September. Now, like all the astronauts, he kept busy doing his experiments. In an interview from the space station one time, he said that one of his favorite experiments was growing a tomato plant. He liked to see it develop way out there in space where he didn't have any contact with things like trees and fresh air. And He even had the honor of harvesting the first tomato grown in space. He put it in a bag for safekeeping so it could be studied. And then he lost it. Yes, he lost the tomato in space. I mean, come on, you know what it's like. You put something down and then you can't find it. Then your teacher or your mom or dad is demanding to know where it went. And you're like, "Ah, shrug, I don't know. That's kind of what happened to Frank Rubio, except he was in the ISS. So where could the tomato possibly go? So that's bad enough, right? He has this historic first tomato grown in space. He loses it. Then people start spreading rumors that he actually ate the tomato, that he was so hungry for fresh veggies after being in space for so long that he took this tomato and gobbled it up. Now, Frank Rubio said, no, I definitely did not eat the tomato. I put it in a bag. It's somewhere. But where was it? He looked and looked. Everybody in the ISS looked and looked. No one could find this tomato. So Frank comes home in September, having set the record for the longest American space flight, having grown the historic first tomato in space, but still no tomato. He was even asked where the tomato was in interviews after he got home. Well, I'm happy to report here 
on the Kids Morning News Network that the tomato has been found. The new crew in the ISS found it. We don't know where. NASA hasn't released any details, but at least the mystery is solved. And now we know you can lose things even in a place as small as the ISS. But no surprise to you, I'm sure. Just think of all the things you've lost in your own room. All right, that's our report. I want to end with a poem. This is called Dreams, and it's by Langston Hughes. Dreams. Hold fast to dreams. For if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams. For when dreams go, life is a barren field frozen with snow. Hold on to those dreams, everybody. Whether it means digging up dinosaurs, going to space, writing poems, or doing a podcast. I'll see you tomorrow. This is Alex in the KMNN Newsroom, signing off.